Welcome to the Your Honest Ally podcast. My name is Amy Greenaway and I am here to be your straight shooting bestie who lovingly tells you what you need to hear without beating around the bush, is your biggest hype girl and wants to see you live in the life of your dreams. In this podcast, we will cover all things self-development from manifestation, relationships, sex, fertility, owning your space and so much more. You will be exposed to ideas that will expand your horizons and give you knowledge to make empowered life decisions. Before we get into it, I invite you to open up that beautiful mind of yours, leave all the offense behind and get ready to take full accountability and own your life. Let's grow together because hey, I'm still figuring out life too. Hello and welcome back to the Your Honest Ally podcast. As usual, I hope you had a wonderful week and this podcast app is finding you well. Today's episode in the theme of Valentine's Day is all around the things I have learnt about relationships in all the years that I have lived. And there's been quite a lot of learning. It's been quite a journey. So I'm really excited to share that with you and I hope that it can help you in a way and also just like open your eyes maybe to maybe things you're doing or you've noticed other people doing and yeah, like we're here to be better and do better. So yeah, I'm hoping that happens. Before I delve in, I'm going to apologize. I've got like a nasally, nasally voice at the moment. So I apologize about that. I have like this, well, it's not like a cough, cough, but every now and then I feel like I need a cough, like a tickle in my throat, but I don't feel unwell at all. So I don't know what's going on, but that is just the stitch. It seems like everyone's a little bit unwell at the moment, but I feel great actually. It's just this weird, weird cough. So, and it's also kind of morning and I have woke up not long ago. So yeah, that could play into it as well. Yeah, let's get into the life update. Nothing crazy, just the regular working, dancing, gymming, running, doing those kind of things. We had our date day recently and that was really nice. It was my turn to organize and I planned um, for us to go to a recovery room for three hours where we you know, we did the hot and cold plunge pools and the um, massage things and you put your legs in those things and it was just really good because we have gotten obviously back after being on holidays into training hard. So we do three days of really heavy weights. Then um, I run and we also get our steps in and then I also do like seven hours of dancing a week and Kirk has a really physical job. And his mid-back is always really cooked and his neck because he's always looking up at the crane and everything like that. So our bodies needed some R&R and that's what we did. So it was good. It was relaxing. It was different. We haven't done that before. And, yeah, it was really, really nice. And we had lunch and everything like that. But it's a good idea. I do share our date days on my personal Instagram. I am Amy Johnson when we go on them and yeah, like it helps people get ideas for what we do. So many people love watching it and seeing all the random things because the rule around our date days is we can't do something we've done before on a date. 
So we have to kind of think outside the box. And I have a list of things to do. But this is what we needed to do. Our bodies needed it this time. And planning travels for the year. Just life. It's really exciting. 2024 is really exciting. It's so funny. Like so many people are really down and out about it. Um, I understand when like crappy things have happened to be down and out. But like going into the year with like such a pessimistic attitude. And I'm just why? Why do you even do this? But that's just me, the way I think. Yeah, let's get into the fun fact, life hack, and recommendation segment of the week. Today, I have a recommendation for you all in the theme of the date day, Valentine's Day. It is have a date fund, a dedicated date fund that you have, whether you're single or in a relationship, a date fund is a fantastic addition. It can easily be added into your budget and it ensures that you are prioritizing fun in your life. And who doesn't want to have fun in their life? And so many people, they want to do, go to nice dinners or they want to do these fun things, but when it comes to it, they're like, oh, I don't have the funds to do that right now. So I recommend having a date fund and it will build up or you can use it each week or whatever it is and go on dates. You can go on dates with yourself. You can go on dates with your partner. You can go on dates with friends or, you know, if you're even like dating, you have that fund for that. How can I have a date fund that obviously goes in each week and that is what we use when we go to dinners or we do fun things it's our date fund and sometimes like we didn't go to dinner one weekend or we um ate cheaply instead of more lavish and so it will build up and then we can go to an even like fancier restaurant or we have this restaurant it's in Sydney so we haven't been in a while in Sydney that we really love but we know when we go there it's going to be at least $400 but because of our date fund we can just make sure that builds up enough so that when we do go there we have the $400 so that is my recommendation of the week having a date fund get it into your life (laughs) it can be as little as like $20 a week or whatever it is ours it depends on our goals and what we're saving for at the time Right now, it's only $100 a week, but before it was higher. Um, But right now, we have like a lot that we're really trying to save for. So it can change with whatever phase of life you're in, but I really, really encourage it. And then it'll be there. And then one person will be like, oh, you know what? I want to take us on a date. We can use the date fund. Okay, I'm rambling. But yeah, let's get into the topic of today. I'm so excited. Tomorrow is Valentine's Day, if you didn't already know, but it is. Tomorrow is Valentine's Day. Valentine's Day is a day that I don't usually pay too much attention to, as in Kirk and I don't do anything too special. However, I love any chance to celebrate love. And I also love the idea that this day reminds us to do it. Like, it's true, you should celebrate it every day. You should show people your love every day. 
but life is hectic and some people do need a reminder to show how much they love someone. Some people are not naturally inclined to do so and this day really helps them, well, reminds them to do that. And I think that is okay. So let's stop hating on Valentine's Day. Like I would never go to dinner at a restaurant on Valentine's Day. I have once with someone. I'm I'm not into that. You do you if that's what you want. But like getting beautiful little gifts or doing whatever that person's love language is, that is all good. And just reminding that person that you love them. Doesn't need to be a grand gesture. Yeah, it's okay to be okay with Valentine's Day. Let's stop the hate on it. In honour of Valentine's Day, I'm going to talk to you about some of the life-changing things I have learnt and somewhat implemented over the years in regards to intimate relationships, like i.e. your significant other, your partner, husband, wife, your significant other. It can be friends and family, but I'm really going to delve into your intimate relationships. I'm going to tell you some of the rules we have in our relationship, both spoken and unspoken, and what we do to maintain the connection amongst our busy lives. One of those things is date days. (laughs) As I've spoken about before, my journey to find the relationship I have now was full of a lot of lessons about myself and others. It was long um, and messy and beautiful and ugly at times, but without all the drama, hurt, heartbreak and confusion, I would not be the woman that I am today that deserves the love Kurt is capable of giving. But not even without that. I needed that, but I also needed to sit back and learn from it and assess myself, how I've said before, and realize that I too played a part in this. So I've compiled a list off the top of my head that I'm going to go through. I'm hoping this episode will give you the push you need to do some self-reflection and become a better partner because who doesn't want to be a better partner, lover, all the things. And also pay attention to the unkind or toxic things that are normalized in our society when they should definitely not be. I'm all about doing life a little differently and walking away from the mold that's created a divorce rate of over 50% in Western countries. I may trigger a few people with what I'm about to delve into. And if you do not, if you do get triggered, I encourage you to have a think about why before you let the anger take over and just take it on and realize like, why, why is this annoying me so much? Is it speaking truth to me that I don't want to hear, but I really do need to hear. And one of the factors I'm just going to quickly delve of like the divorce rate nowadays is how easy it is to get divorced. And I am not against that at all. And the fact that women can be independent, we don't have to depend on someone, a man at all to survive. And I think that side of it is amazing because it means women, well, 
not lots of people still are, but lots of women are leaving relationships that aren't serving them. And I am all for that. So I'm not going to say, you know, stay in your relationship forever, even if you're bloody miserable and just fight for it, even if it's horrible. I'm just going to tell you the things that I have done, I've learned, I've changed in my mindset that have really helped create better relationships, more loving relationships and um, more safe and stable, I guess, in my life. So let's get into the list. My first one, and it's something I say to so many people, and I had to learn it myself because I never was like this, but trust is given and not earned. At, like at the beginning of a new relationship, trust is given and not earned. You cannot get into a relationship, like a new relationship, and tell your new partner that you do not trust them. Or you cannot get back into a relationship if you've left, even if they've done something to be not trustworthy. If you're choosing to get back into a relationship with that person, even if they've been unfaithful or they've lied or they've done all these things, you have chosen that. And it's wiping the slate clean and you have to give them that trust. So when you first get into a relationship, you just have to trust that person. If you think they are a cheater or a liar prior to getting into a relationship with them and you still choose to do so, then that's on you and you need, like you just, I'm going to keep saying it, you need, you need to trust them. If you have been deceived in every relationship prior to getting, say, into a new one and you're really wounded, but you choose still to enter a new relationship with a new person, again, that is on you and you need to trust them. Like if, if they go out, And you sit at home fretting about what they're doing and like freaking out, thinking, where are they? They're out with their friends. They must be cheating on me. They must be doing all these things. That is not healthy for either of you. And it is not fair on the person you're dating or with that you are putting your own wounds onto them and being like, I don't trust you. Because that is such, such a horrible thing have someone say to you and why be in a relationship with someone when you don't trust them and this isn't talking about building trust back up this is talking about going into a relationship and that person hasn't done anything wrong to you or like you know what if you're going into a relationship and they already have shown that they're not trustworthy and you still choose I'm I'm not even sorry I'm I'm sorry but that's on you (laughs) you're choosing this relationship you need to trust that they're not going to hurt you because you chose to get into that. Kirk goes out and I say to him, have fun, babe. I'll speak to you when you're home or I'll see you whenever you're back. When we were first dating and he would go to festivals with friends or he'd go out and go for a weekend or whatever, I would say, have fun, I'll see you in the morning when I come over or I'll see you tomorrow or I'll talk to you later. And that meant he 
did not have to message me and reassure me when I was at home or wherever I was throughout the night because I want him to have a fun time and not have to think about me sitting at home wallowing or being jealous or being scared or worried and he can go out and have fun with his friends and know that his partner trusts him, right? He did mention that it was something that really stood out to him and he felt so good knowing I felt so secure in myself and our relationship to do that. And you know what? Of all the people in the world that should be worried about their partner cheating, it's me. (laughs) Because I have been cheated on by 90% of my exes. Actually, probably even more than that. Like every, almost every single person I've been with has cheated on me. But that is not Kirk's fault. So I couldn't put that on him. And I chose to be in a relationship with him. So I'm going to trust him. And yes, it probably helped because we were friends before and I knew his character and all that kind of stuff. But it's still, regardless, it's given and it's not earned. And prior to being with Kirk, like the prior to the five years that I was single, when I was in all those other relationships, I would do that. I would put it on the new boyfriend that I was with that I'd be like, I don't trust you because my ex cheated on me. And now I look back and think, girl, what on earth? But that's what I did. Or I'd be like, I don't trust you because I've been around cheaters my whole life and that's just what they're like. And why am I dating someone if if that's the situation? Like looking back now, I can really, really say that. Something that helps with the trust and something I always love to say to quote Sex with Emily is communication is lubrication. And it is so true. I'll say it again. Communication is lubrication. And it helps a lot when it comes to trust. I once was out with friends and I think it was in the morning and I was driving my friends and one of their boyfriends to get their car or something. I remember. But they said, oh, how was Kirk's night? And I said, oh, I don't know because Kirk had gone to some other party thing and I was with all my friends. And I was like, oh, I don't know. I haven't spoken to him. I'll speak to him whenever like he wakes up. And he goes, what do you mean? And I said, oh, we don't talk while we're out. I just say, have fun. And he says, have fun and I'll see you tomorrow. And that guy said, oh, my gosh, why can't you be like this to his partner? And my other friend, Ash, who's been on the podcast before, but in, and she goes, you don't understand. They have such good communication that there is no need, like you don't need to talk to them during that time. And it is very true. (laughs) I love you, babe, if you're listening. And he wants to talk to me all the time, but he never wants to talk to me when he's in the room, only on the phone. (laughs) He messages me nonstop and I'm not a messenger person. I'm so much more of a call person. But yeah, so we do have great communication, but also it's just the trust, like just go let them have fun. But I know some people do require a lot more validation, but in that case, I think you need to communicate and set up boundaries or um, systems that work for your relationship where you're like, you know what, if you just message me at this time or um, if I message you, just like write back and let me know you're safe or whatever it is, don't go MIA for four days. Kirk never goes MIA for four days, by the way. But yeah, it's just 
about the communication. And I always say communication is lubrication. The next thing is if you are acting like a psycho when you get into a relationship, especially when it's like fresh and everything like that, I really truly believe that it's your body sending you red flags that you are not in the right relationship. This person can be kind. They can be so trustworthy. They can have done nothing wrong. They can, you know, do all of these things. But if you are still acting like a psycho, I think it is your subconscious or your body being like, this is not the right person. No matter how nice they are, no matter all of these things, it's your body being like, ding, 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 wrong person. Let's move on. And so many people, they don't pay attention to that. Like I was talking to a friend a long time ago and she was dating this guy and he he hadn't really done anything wrong. And she was like so insecure and acting like a psycho. And she literally, it was never like that before. She wasn't an insecure person in other relationships or anything like that. But now this guy, and I was like, he has done nothing wrong. So it's unfair for you to not trust him. It's unfair for you to be being such a psycho. And I even said to her, I love you, babe, but you are being a red flag right now. And I really think it's your body telling you that something's not right. And she eventually ended up leaving, but it was like a drawn out process. And now she's with this amazing human being that if she hadn't have left, she wouldn't be with him. So it's like, you know, her body was sending her those signals. So I really, truly believe that's a thing. My next one is love someone in a way that they don't lose sight of themselves. Allow whoever you're with to be wholly, wholly, wholly them, truly themselves and don't try to change them. I've spoken about this before, but you can't get into a relationship and be like, I liked you even before, but now I'm going to change you into this whole another human being and you make them lose who they are in their process and find that love too. You deserve to find someone that loves you to a point that you don't lose sight of yourself, to a point that you still have all the things that you had before you were with them and they just enhance your life. And that is something I really hold dear. Like you want to be with someone that you don't have to hide any part of yourself and it's just like you're just you. And being authentically you is such a beautiful thing and something that so many people don't do. It kind of is a bit heartbreaking. She's sad. Um, But yeah, I really love that and I love that saying. My next thing, my next point is not all relationships are forever and that is okay. It is totally okay. Even friendships, all of these things, not all relationships are forever and we have to accept that. And I think knowing that it's like nothing lasts forever this too shall pass, all of those things, knowing that should make us treasure it so much more and treasure that time with whoever it is um, so much more, which I really love that. It's sad, but it's beautiful as well. Moving on. The saying, once a cheater, always a cheater, isn't really true. I truly believe that most of humanity are not cheaters by nature. They don't want to go out and hurt you and cheat on you. 
there are definitely some outliers. I know them. And there are like, they're there, right? But most of them, most people aren't like that. You probably won't like to hear this, but a lot of cheating happens after neglect. You cannot neglect your partner emotionally or sexually or physically and expect them to only pine after you. That is not how human nature works and it is not fair on them for you to neglect them for so long or string them along or do any of those things and then when they crack because someone else gave them attention that you wouldn't give them, then you say, you broke us. This is on you. That is not fair. That is not fair at all. Yes, they stuffed up. Yeah, they did. But if you are withholding from someone what they require to feel their love, then it is also your fault as well. It's not nice to hear. And that was hard for me to hear when I've told you I've been cheated on so many times. But when I look back and I look at my relationships and how I treated people or like things I did or the neglect that I I played a big role in, I understand and I can see why. Does it make it okay? No, but you neglecting them is not okay either. So I'm just going to leave that one there and move on before I get I get pretty passionate about that one. My next point is someone should not complete you. You are whole all by yourself. All on your own, you are whole. You are 100% human. Is that right? You are 100% of a human. You are 100% by yourself, not 50%. I cannot stand it when people say my other half or my better half or all that kind of stuff. No, I'm not half and I don't need that person to complete me. So if you go into a relationship being half of a human, you'll always be dependent on the other person, which is not healthy. You'll be dependent on them for your happiness or just to feel fulfilled or anything like that, which is not healthy. You are whole all by yourself. And you don't need them. (laughs) You don't need anyone. You choose them, especially a significant other. When Kirk and I were preparing to write our vows, I specifically told him that he was not allowed to include anything along the lines of, you make me whole, you saved me, I cannot live without you. You're my other half. I need you. Um, Anything on those lines. I can't remember them all off the top of my head, but I had a big long list. (laughs) Because we were and are two whole beings before joining, right? We choose to be together, not out of need, but because we want to. We complement each other and we love it and we love being around each other. We both have lived magnificent lives prior to getting together, but we also understand we enrich each other's lives. So we choose to be together and that is such a beautiful thing. And I don't need him. He doesn't need me. I I don't rely on him for my happiness. That is on me. And yeah, like 
going back to the communication, say like happiness with love languages, I communicate to him when I'm not feeling loved because my love language is so different to his love language and all of those kind of things. So yeah, that was a big thing when writing our vows. I said, do not, do not have any of that because it's not true. And it makes me cringe every time I hear it. I'm sorry if you had that in your vows. I hope you don't need someone to survive because I just think you survived before them and you'll survive after them if for some reason you're not with them anymore or something happens. Now, something that I really truly believe is kind of like how I spoke at the beginning is I don't believe in the words till death do us part. And why I'll explain is because if you're a toxic asshole and you're married to someone, it's more than okay for that person to leave you. They shouldn't have to die to get away from you. <laughs> you know what I mean? I made Kirk, and I think it shocked him, and it has shocked other people when I've told them, but I remember specifically when I made him promise this, and I promised it back to him before we got married. It was like maybe a week or two before we got married. I said to him, Kirk, I want you to make a promise to me that if our relationship becomes so what's the words I use? I can't remember, like bad, not good, and you've been fighting for it or we've been fighting for it and it's not working or if one of us is fighting and the other person is not, promise me you will not stay just because you married me. Promise me that if you are not happy in this relationship anymore and I'm choosing to make it worse, I'm not doing anything to make it any better, promise me that you will leave. And he was like flabbergasted. <laughs> he was like, no, what do you mean? I was like, no, if I become this horrible wife that neglects you, that bitches about you, that does all of this, stuff that you feel like a shell of a human in this relationship I hope it doesn't get to that point ever but if you feel like this relationship no longer serves you and you fought you have to promise like you're gonna fight if I'm not fighting for it promise me you will leave me because that is not okay and I do not want to be the source of your misery and he said well promise me the same thing so we made that promise before we went and got married and our vows, if you've heard our vows, I would recommend if you haven't going and listening, they're on my Instagram because they are really beautiful. <laughs> but we don't promise things that aren't always true. And I can't say to him, you made a vow if he leaves me because he did not vow to not leave me. Because if I'm a toxic MF, he deserves better. And I'm saying this from how I love him so much. And I said that in the moment that like, we were about to get married. I, was, I still am. But like so in love. And I was like, me being this in love with you wants to make sure that you are never miserable in this relationship with me. And I still stand by that. And that is why I do put so much emphasis on having a good marriage. And I know we haven't been married for very long, but like that's why I've impl we've implemented date days and just really pay attention to everything because we've chosen life together. Um, that's like what we're choosing at the moment and I want to make it a great life. <laughs> I don't want it to be a miserable one. So that is a promise that we made to each other and 
feel like everyone should make that promise, but moving on. If you're staying in a relationship out of fear of being alone or fear of starting again, you are being selfish. You are depriving both of you and your partner of finding the lid to your pot <laughs> and elongating, elongating your own suffering and their suffering too. I learned that life is well and truly much better when you learn to love being single and don't require another person to make you feel like you're whole or you have succeeded. Learn to love your life alone. And then you'll be a whole human and you'll find the right person. Stop holding on to something that you know deep down isn't right. Because, yeah, you're just holding them back and you're just delaying the inevitable. Another thing that I've learned from observing, never from doing myself, but having a baby with someone to fix a relationship is a recipe for disaster. <laughs> having a baby is a huge life altering decision that will put a strain on your relationship I promise you so if your relationship is already rocky why do you think a baby is going to fix it another thing having a baby does it it brings more risk and worry into your life so many strong relationships break down after something went wrong with their perfect little baby whether that be a sickness or worse or like even just injuries so many relationships break down over that in strong relationships so adding the possibility of that stress to your unstable relationship is not okay and it's not fair on the child either it's almost better to have a baby alone than to try and fix a relationship with it and have a child in a broken home straight up or the few years down because you use them as a band-aid and then it goes down the power battle of people this isn't all people but people using their child dangling them as bait and all that kind of stuff horrible 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 um but yeah so let's not do that if we can stop baby trapping people that would be amazing moving on small things make all the difference they make a huge difference like what little things do you and your partner do for each other that remind you of your love or remind the other that you love them one thing that Kirk and I do that it's just like a tiny thing but it's really sweet is we put toothpaste on the toothbrush for the other person so easy I'm gonna brush my teeth anyway so I'm gonna put my toothpaste like toothpaste on the toothbrush for him and set it up so that when he goes to use it, it's already there. Um, like Kirk did that. I got home really late last night from a show and he had gone to bed because he had work the next day and I got into the bathroom and everything was set up for me to just use it, which just made me laugh. He just loves me so much. That's so nice. What else is there? There's like giving them back tickles, cooking together, making them a coffee in the morning, packing their bag if they're going to work, noticing their haircut or new outfit, helping them with their meal prep, cooking their dinner if you get home before them, not being like, oh, you know what, she's going to be home so late, who cares? Or he's going to be home so late, who cares? Looking at their face and taking in every single detail so you never forget it. 
making them feel wanted and putting in effort to fill their cup, like their love language or anything like that. And if you're grabbing a snack for yourself, grab them one as well. <laughs> Cleaning up or offer them one at least. Cleaning up after yourself so that they don't have to. <laughs> it's like small things, but it stops resentment from building, right? Holding hands, that's such a beautiful thing. So yeah, what little things do you do or do they do to show you that they love it? Now, moving on to the rules we have within our relationship. We, we don't have many rules, to be honest, but the ones we do have really matter to us. Our biggest rule is what I like to call the no rejection rule with intimacy. So we never say no to the other person's advances. So if someone wants to get down and dirty, the other one does not reject them. And people, when I say this, are like, what? What do you mean? Kirk has never been rejected by me in the five years that we have been together. Once, once I told him, babe, I'm in the middle of something. Can it wait 10 minutes? And that was like, he was like, oh my gosh. I was like, I did not reject you. I'm literally saying, can we just wait 10 minutes? But that's the closest thing to rejection in our home. This doesn't mean we are constantly going at it because naturally there are times when you want it more and times that you are both just ruined by life and don't, you just need to sleep. But it means that you know you will never be rejected by your partner. And if you sit and think about that, especially if you're someone in a relationship who more happens as a man, but like um, gets rejected a lot. Imagine knowing that your partner is never going to reject you. It really helps keep that strong relationship. More often than not, it's the women doing the rejecting. Then they get upset when their partner gets frustrated or angry. But like, how would it feel if you were getting rejected all the time, right? Like how it's such a horrible feeling. Like people are scared to go on dates because they're scared of being rejected or scared to put themselves out there because they're scared of being rejected. But then you're coming in your home, which is your safe space, and you're getting rejected anyway. So how does that feel? Think about it from that angle. It's so common in our society for women in particular to reject their male partners that it is literally normalized. It's so normal. For me to be saying this is so not normal to be saying this out loud to people. But what if we put the shoe, as I said, on the other foot? How would you feel if your partner constantly rejected you and rejected your sexual advances? How would that make you feel? You would feel horrible. You would feel unattractive and you'd feel like your partner doesn't want you anymore. So why is it okay for us to do it to them? It's not. And I know you're probably thinking, oh, but if I made that rule, I would just be constantly having sex because my partner constantly wants to have sex. And if I was um, super unwell, they would still want it and all that kind of stuff. No, not true. Not true at all. When your partner isn't getting rejected all the time and can have it when they want, they can read your body and know, oh, she's not feeling well at the moment. She's probably really tired at the moment and I'm not really needing it right now so it can wait or like 
you know. So let's, I'm just going to go over that little speed hump and say not applicable. And also another thing is oftentimes we don't want to have sex because we've gone so long without it. So it's like the more you don't have it, the less you feel like you want it. So just let's stop rejecting them. And if they're rejecting you, let them listen to this podcast <laughs> because it's not it's not nice. It's literally such a horrible feeling to know that the person that you're choosing to be with that tells you they love you is rejecting you all the time. It's, it's shit. Holy shit. So let's take rejection out of the home when it comes to intimacy. I think our other rule is really we just don't put each other down or complain about our relationship to others without speaking to each other. We come to each other and tell each other of any issues we're having or if we're feeling stagnant or unfulfilled or want to do things. We, we talk to each other about it and we don't, we don't come from an angry angle. It's more like I just need to tell you this and you need to integrate it and we work together to make it better. So that is probably the other rule that we have like do not go out and put me down or embarrass me um like Kirk will make fun of me in a way that like a friend would because he was my friend before we were together but he it's never anything that is like putting me down it's just building the other up lastly to wrap up something I've learned is two things first thing when they get home always greet them just be excited give them a kiss, give them a cuddle. That is one of those little things that just came to my head now, like the holding hands and the putting the toothpaste on the toothbrush and all that kind of stuff. Like greet them, show them that you're so happy for them to be home. And the other thing is always come from the stance of, I think I've said this in other podcasts before, but of your partner, your significant other does not do things out of ill intent or spite. If they do, then they're not a really great person. But something like if Kirk does something to upset me, I often will just remind myself he is not doing this intentionally to upset me. He is doing this without realizing that it is not. Like he doesn't do anything intentionally that he knows would hurt or upset me that is not who he is and that is not the relationship we have and me having gone through all the things I've been through and he's probably the same with all of his past relationships we have to remind ourselves that that person our partner that we're choosing is not doing things out of ill intentions and that it's only from that angle do you go in and you say this upset me you did this or like when you did this, that hurt me. You don't go in and be like, you did this because you're trying to hurt me because of all of this kind of stuff. And you know what? If you're with someone who's purposely doing things to hurt you, why are you with them? Because that is effed up. That is the episode of today. I hope you got something out of it. I would really, as I usually say, but I really, really, really would love it if you could like and share and subscribe and all the things sharing on social media really helps me get out there share on tiktok you could share my tiktok posts look i don't even know how to tiktok but i'm trying i'm trying to get it out there so if you could go follow me on tiktok it's the 
the Dot Your Honest Ally podcast or pod or something like that. And if you could share my Instagram and the podcast episodes, that would be so wonderful. Remember, I'm on your side. I'm here for you to have the best relationships you can. And yeah, let's go out there and just do better and have so much more fun in our relationships. And happy Valentine's Day for tomorrow. Let's celebrate love because it is a beautiful, beautiful thing. Big love. Have a great week. Thank you.